Welcome to The World is Leadership. My name is Emmanuel Gobillo. In this show, I want to take a different approach to leadership. No buzzwords, no jargon. Instead, for each episode, I'll just pick up a random word and I'll use it to uncover a valuable lesson for leaders like you. Some words will be mundane, some extraordinary, some will be more obscure than others, but I'll use them all in order to help you become a better leader. So join me as we explore the word is leadership, turning everyday words into extraordinary insights. Subscribe, listen in, and let's start leading. Here we are back again for another episode of The Word is Leadership. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. Just a quick reminder, you can make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on your favorite platform. And of course, do get in touch via thewordisleadership.com if you've got any feedback, any thoughts. If you've enjoyed the podcast so far, then let help me, help me spread the word. See what I did there? The Word is Leadership, spread the word. Um, Share a link, share a link to the podcast or to the site. Uh, follow me on social media and uh, I'm so thankful for your support. But anyway, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you for being here. Uh, here is a quick reminder of the premise of the show. I choose a random word from the dictionary in front of me by closing my eyes. I open the book on the random page, place my finger anywhere on the page. And once we have the word, my job is to build a leadership lesson inspired by it. It's that simple. That's it. So let's start, and I know, I know what regular listeners are waiting for, so without further ado, here we go. Yeah, we have a new jingle this week. I thought, you know what, given I'm in London, let's have a bit of Big Ben, that would be great. And of course, you all know Big Ben is the name given to the Great Bell, not to the Tower itself. The Tower itself was called the Clock Tower until it was renamed the Elizabeth Tower in honour of the late Queen's Diamond Jubilee, I think, as every boring Londoner always tells excitable tourists when they meet them. Um, but here we are. Never mind my random jingles, never mind the Big Ben. Let me tell you about our random word. You're listening to the word is leadership, and the word this week is common by which I mean that our word is the word common rather than we ended up with a common word. Common, C-O-M-M-O-N. At least this time I've managed to open the dictionary towards the front rather than the N. So we haven't got a word starting with S or T. And the definition of common is belonging equally or belonging to of ordinary occurrence of inferior quality, vulgar basis for argument accepted by both sides as in common law, etc., etc. Now, I can think of a couple of routes I could go down with the idea of common as belonging to equally or shared. I could say something about potentially common characteristics of successful leaders, for example, or discuss the common challenges of leadership. I could discuss uh, how common sense is not that common and doesn't make much sense, uh, as it tends to be invoked, in my experience at least, by people who've run out of arguments or data to support their argument. I think both could be valuable. I think both uh, could be interesting, but I think I'm going to avoid both of those, because instead, 
What I'd like to do is to get back to something I mentioned last week when we discussed Tug and expand on it, because I think that's a challenge every leader has faced or will face. And what I'm talking about is really the issue that arises straight out of the definition of leadership, which I gave last week, which I shared with you last week. And if you were there, you might remember that I defined leadership as the ability to create the conditions for the positive engagement of others with a goal. And you may also remember that I made the point um, that we should free employees and let them express their power by giving them choice, by giving them autonomy. So the leadership challenge that comes out of that definition, to my mind, is how do you make sure that a free and powerful employee with autonomy chooses your goal rather than theirs? And it's difficult for leaders to trust that the organizational goal they seek has as much of a gravitational tug, to use last week's term, than the employee's own desired outcome, their own desired goal. Therefore, the question I want to answer this week is how do you ensure that the personal desires and drivers that make individuals valuable align with the organization goal without compromising on either? And I think the answer lies with our word common, because I think the answer lies in finding common ground. You see, I mentioned not compromising, because compromise is a default position in organizations. Leadership is about tackling what my friend and global culture guru, Franz Strompenaus, calls OO proposition, O-O-H-O-O-H, where OO stands for, on the one hand, on the other hand, where both hands are opposite but are desirable. So we want production to minimize costs and marketing to build segmented products, for example. We want one, we want the other, we want both. When we face with on the one hand, on the other hand, we always most of the time end up in compromise. You know, on the one hand, we can go to New York. On the other hand, we can go to Tokyo. Most leaders will opt for a trip to Istanbul because it's kind of in the middle on the map. But the problem when we compromise is that no one is happy. No one is fulfilling their desire. We end up with a compromised product that doesn't quite appeal to anyone. And apply this to the problem we face of how do we ensure that both employees' desires and organizational needs are met and attained, and then you multiply this by as many times as you have employees, and then your compromise quickly becomes unclear, unsatisfying, unmanageable, just messy. And that's what I mean by finding com common ground, because finding common ground is not the same as compromising. Finding common ground is really about thinking, how does an individual's goal help in the fulfillment of the organizational goal? And how does the achievement of the organizational goal help the individual fulfill theirs? So finding common ground is about finding ways to reconcile both sides without having to compromise, without having to let go of anything. So how do we ensure that the organizational goal helps in the fulfillment of the individual goal and that the individual's pursuit of their goal helps us 
attain the organizational outcome we desire? How do we as leaders seek and find this hallowed common ground? Well, on the face of it, it, it sounds rather simple. All we need to do is understand each other's goals, both the individuals and the organization, and then we need to discuss the crossovers. We need to talk about it. But in practice, this is rather hard to do. Because when it comes to understanding goals and individual goals, the problem is they're not very detailed. Individual goals tend to be expressed in nouns and adjectives. Uh, what I mean by this is if you think about when you were a child and you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer was either a noun, often a vocation, I want to be a teacher or a vet or a doctor or a nurse or a firefighter, etc., etc., or it used to be an adjective. I want to be rich, I want to be famous, etc., etc. And, and these are all very noble, but they're not very helpful. And the same is true of organization, except this time that instead of nouns and adjectives, we get words ending in EST or ER. We want to be the biggest, we want to be the best, we want to be greater, faster, cheaper, etc., and etc. And again, whilst that might well be legitimate and noble, it doesn't really help us understand where the common ground might lie. Because, you know, if you want to be rich and I want to be the greatest, what does that mean in practice? So to find common ground, we must understand why these things matter to the individual and to the organization. So we need to ask why. Every time you get an answer, ask why again. I want to be rich. Why? Because I want to have freedom. Why? And so on and so on and so on. Until you really get to the nugget at the center that really tells us what the core elements are. That's the aim of the conversation. We need to understand what are the core elements that go to make up this goal. The same is true again for the organization. Asking why do you want to be the greatest can be as much about wanting financial rewards as it can be about, I don't know, wanting to maximize access to your products or services. The key is that only when we understand the detail of the goal can we identify the potential elements for common ground. So then comes our discussion. We've got our goal clarified. It is no longer a negotiation to see how we can fit within, you know, the organizational goal within the employee's goal. Negotiation assume that you're on opposite side. They assume that you're going to have to compromise. But what we're trying to do instead is to search for common ground. And that means that we know we have something in common. That can help us both achieve our goal. So we shouldn't have to compromise. And that's what we're going to look for. We'll do this by leveraging each of the attributes we surfaced before. We have to think about how can the individual goal help us achieve our organizational goal quicker and vice versa. Let me, let, let me try to work out an example. Let's imagine that someone wants to get promoted. That's their goal. And your goal is to keep them where they are because they're the best suited for what you have to do. What do you do? Well, you find common ground. Why do they want to be promoted? And another why? 
and another wine until eventually you understand, let's say, that their aim is to get the self-worth that comes through the promotion by being recognized as being the best in their field by their peers, right? Which they think it's, the promotion is going to achieve that. So then you question the goal of keeping them and realize that from an organization point of view, after a number of why, your goal is really to be in charge of a team that achieves the highest possible numbers of order for, for you, you know, so you can be recognized as the best boss possible. So common ground here is the recognition from peers and superiors and achieving stellar results. That's the common ground you both have. Now we can start to see solutions emerge. Maybe the employee, I don't know, can take the lead on devising new selling methods uh, that they can share with others, thereby being recognized as thought leaders whilst increasing the results for your unit. You see what I'm getting at. Common ground is built by valuing and building on the positives of each side, the positive of the individual goal and the organizational goal. It is built on searching for the fulfillment of dreams rather than a compromise which is really designed to minimize nightmares. So it sounds simple, but it requires us to have a different kind of conversation. It requires us to have an open conversation about what our goals truly mean. And it requires us to do some searching work together to see how we can value both the individual and the organization. And there is one thing which is true, is that in organizations today, the search from common ground is far from common. So here comes this week's closing question. Compromise or common ground? What's your default strategy? Well, thank you for tuning in to The Word is Leadership. I hope you find our exploration of today's word interesting. If you haven't already, then please subscribe to ensure you never miss an episode, each one helping you to lead better through unexpected words. And if you want to get in touch, share your thoughts and, well, why not contribute a word for a future episode, you can always reach me at thewordisleadership.com. Until next time, this is Emmanuel Gobillot wishing you a great week.